Hey there, welcome to The Tent. I'm your host, Scott Bellman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, to me, perhaps one of the most elegant and compelling aspects of nature is how the aquatic environments that we love so much are so profoundly influenced by the terrestrial habitats which surround them. We talk about this a lot. There is a profound similarity between this intimate land-water relationship and the world that we can create in our own aquariums. Every aquarium that we assemble is not only a unique expression of our interests and skills, it's a complex, ecologically functional microcosm, which is impacted by not only the way we assemble the life forms, but how we utilize them. And of course, being the self-appointed world's you know, most prolific uh, aquarium hobby philosopher, I've spent a fair amount of time ruminating on the idea, attempting to sort of grasp the concept. And it's not really not that hard. I think it simply starts with the materials that we use in our aquariums. In our case, botanicals. It's perfectly logical to imply that botanicals, wood, and the other materials that we utilize in our aquascapes are not only uh, able to impart an aesthetic impact to the water, but consequentially a physical chemical impact on the overall aquatic environment as well. We know this because we see their impact on natural aquatic systems all the time, don't we? Every flooded forest, inundated terra firma grassland, every overflowing stream provides a perfect example for us to study. The land influences the water. Each component of the terrestrial habitat has some unique impact on the aquatic habitat. Not really difficult to grasp when you think about it in the context of stuff we know and love in other areas of life. Wine, for example, has terroir. The uh, environmental conditions, soil, especially soil and climate in which grapes are grown, that gives a wine its unique flavor and aroma. Coffee also acquires traits that are similar, tangible effects and characteristics which impact the experience that we get from them. And of course, I can't help but wonder if this same idea too applies to our botanicals. It must. Sure, it does. I mean, leaves come from specific trees, imparting not only tannins and humic substances into the water, but likely falling in heavier concentrations or accumulating in various parts of the rainforest streams or inundated forest floors at a particular time of year, or in specific physical locales within a stream or river, like a, you know, a tangle of roots and branches which retains this stuff till it decomposes. And of course, the, these uh, leaves and so forth provide the fishes which reside in that given area a specific set of physical and chemical conditions to which they have adapted over time. Is this not the very definition of terroir? Yeah, sort of, right? Actually, the idea makes perfect sense. As we've discussed before, the soils, the plants, and the surrounding geography of an aquatic habitat play an important and intricate role in the composition of the aquatic environment. They influence not only the chemical characteristics of the water, like pH, TDS, alkalinity, etc., but the color, yeah, you know, tannins, uh, the turbidity, and other characteristics, like the water flow. Large concentrations become physical structures in the course of a stream or a river that that impact not only the flow, but the course of the water. We've talked about that before, too. It's an interesting idea. And of course, these materials also have important impact on the diet of fishes. Remember bonus input from the you know land surrounding aquatic habitats and of course the impact of humic substances. I can't help but wonder what sorts of specific environmental variations we can create in our aquarium habitats. That is to say variations of the chemical composition of the water in our aquarium habitats by employing various types and combinations of botanicals and aquatic soils. I mean, on the surface, this is not a revolutionary idea. We've been doing stuff like this in the hobby for a while, more crudely in the fish breeding realm, you know, adding peat to the water, for example, or with uh, aragonitic substrates in African Rift Lake cichlid tanks, or with mineral additions to shrimp habitats, etc., etc. In the planted aquarium world, it's long been known that 
soil types and additives, you know, clay-based aquatic soils, for example, will obviously not only impact the growth of the plants, they'll impact the water chemistry of the aquarium far differently than, say, iron-based soils, and thusly their effect on the plants, the fishes, and perhaps as an unintended side consequence, the overall aquatic environment will differ significantly as a result. It's unavoidable. So it pretty much goes without saying that the idea of utilizing different types of botanical materials in the aquarium can likely yield different effects on the water chemistry and thus impact the lives of the fishes and plants that reside there. It's not that big of a stretch, right? I can't help but wonder what the possible impacts of different leaves or possibly even seed pods from different geographic areas can have on the water and the overall aquatic environment, or in our case, the aquarium environment. I mean, sure, pH and such are affected in certain circumstances, but what about the compounds and substances that we don't or simply can't test for in the aquarium? What impacts do they have? Subtle things like combinations of various amino acids, antioxidant compounds, vitamins, obscure trace elements, even hormones for that matter. Could utilizing different combinations of botanical materials in aquariums potentially yield different results in terms of spawning and so forth with our fishes? You know, scenarios like add these botanicals if you want the fishes to color up, add a combination of this if you want the fishes to commence spawning behavior, etc. I mean, it's a little bit crazy, sounds exotic, even a bit gimmicky, but is it really all that far-fetched an idea? Well, absolutely not, in my opinion. The idea that uh, materials in the environment impact the creatures that live there is certainly known by science is nothing new there. I think the main thing which keeps the idea in the aquarium context from really developing more in the hobby is knowing exactly how much of what to add to our tanks specifically to achieve, you know, X effect. And the problem is that we as hobbyists simply don't have the means to test for many of the compounds which may affect the aquarium habitat. At this point, it's really as much of an art as it is a science. And more superficial observation, at least in our aquariums, is probably, almost, as useful as laboratory testing is in the wild at this point. Even simply observing the effects upon our fishes caused by environmental changes, etc., is useful to some extent. At the present time, we're largely limited to making these sorts of superficial observations about stuff like the color a specific botanical can impart into the water, etc., etc. It's a good start. It really is. Of course, not everything we can gain from this is superficial. Some impacts actually do have scientifically confirmed impacts on the aquarium environment. Uh, in this case, uh, you know, for example, we could look at catapa leaves. We can at least infer that there are some substances, flavonoids like camphorol and quercetin, and a number of tannins like punasolin and punasalogen, uh, as well as a bunch of saponins and phytosterols that are imparted into the water from the leaves, which do have scientifically documented effects on fish health and vitality. When we first started tannin, I came up with the term habitat enrichment to describe the way I felt various botanicals can impact the aquarium environment. I'm used on the idea a lot. I know that doesn't surprise any of you. Now, I freely admit that this term may be interpreted as much more of a form of marketing hyperbole than it is a useful scientific descriptor. However, I believe that the idea sort of resonates when we think of the aquarium as an analog for the wild aquatic habitats and how the surrounding environment, the terroir, impacts the aquatic environment, right? And we hear the interesting stories from fellow hobbyists about dramatic color changes, positive behavioral changes, rehabilitated fishes, and those spontaneous spawning events, which seem to occur after a few weeks of utilizing various botanicals in the aquarium, which, you know, formerly did not employ them. Sure, a good number of these interesting events and effects could likely be written off as a mere coincidence, but when it happens over and over and over again in this context, I think it warrants at least some consideration and further investigation. We're slowly beginning to figure this stuff out. Yeah, we're artists, mad scientists, 
fish geeks, dreamers, yeah, artists. And that stuff is really as much of an art as it is a science, in my humble opinion. There's so much we don't know yet, or more specifically, so much we don't know in the context of keeping fishes. We need to tie a few loose ends together to get a real good read on this stuff until we get to that, you know, dial a river additive stage, you know, just add a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But we're getting there, at least in terms of understanding some of the tangible benefits of botanical use, besides just the aesthetics. It's a pretty exciting time, and there's plenty of room for experimentation. And it all starts with understanding the impact of the terroir, right? I think so. I think it really sums up how much amazing stuff there is to extrapolate from observing the nuances of nature. Until next time, stay resourceful, stay observant, stay curious, stay open-minded, and always stay wet. This is Scott Feldman. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of The Tint.